Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God and our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday the 1st of October 2023 and we are inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website www.one-city.org or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. This is the last episode of Building One City. Glory to God. Amen. What we've been doing is we've been going through the vision, the mission, and the values, or what I would like, to, I'll prefer to now call the pillars of One City. Amen. But do you know what I realized that we are not building one city as much as God is building us. You know what I said? We are not building his church as much as he is the one building us to build his kingdom, to build his church. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says that for you are uh, 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 God's workmanship, that you are God's field. Sorry, you are God's fellow laborers. You are God's fellow workers. You are co-laborers with Christ. That you are God's field. He's planting and he says what? You are his building. You are his building. God is building us as we build one city. Glory to God. Ephesians 2.10 now tells us that for we are God's workmanship. Um, I prefer the language of, of NLT. It says for we are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. We are God's what? Masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Amen. So you are the best thing God has ever created. Do you hear what I said? You are the best thing the Lord has ever created. And he wants the world to come to the knowledge of him through what he's building in you. Glory to God. And the beautiful thing is the more we yield, the more we align to the will of God, the more he perfects us. For he will perfect and complete what he has begun in us. Amen. Please can the movement just um, um, reduce. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So, we should not for one minute have this in our heads that we have uh, be proud and, and just think that uh, because of what we are doing that God's church will not move if we are not here. I don't even get what I'm saying. We are God's building. He is building us as we build one city now for everyone who calls one city church home. Glory to God. Just, let's just do a recap of, um, of this series. So what is our vision? Let's say it together. We exist to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God. One more time. Every, everywhere becoming one with God. Amen. And we talked about what that means. God the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. Amen? And they have invited us into that oneness, into that union with Christ. So everything we see in Christ is for us. Glory to God. Everything that you see in Christ is for us. You have permission to move and to take your inheritance that you see in Christ. It is now yours. Say, it is now mine. Amen? The inheritance of the firstborn has been given to the rest of us. Glory to God. 
Amen. So we have a large vision, a large ambition to see everyone everywhere, to go from city to city, spreading the fragrance of Christ. Glory to God. Then our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven, in Abuja as it is in heaven. And we talked about man as the temple. Amen. Can we remember when I taught that? Man as temple. That just as the tabernacle in the days of Moses, the Lord has also constructed us to have an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. Amen. So that's the body, the mind, and the spirit. And once more, where do we have the most communion with God? In our spirit man. Amen. So you are a walking, moving temple that hosts the presence of God. God calls you home. His P.O. box is your name. Hallelujah. Therefore, you are God's temple. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. So our vision is what? To see everyone everywhere becoming one with God. Our mission is to bring heaven to earth. Then the first pillar of one city is, who can remember? You have a price. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't fall my hand. Come on. Jesus at the center. Yes. Thank you. Although some of you repeated it after you heard it. Is what? Jesus at the center. So we said that uh, we we preached from um, Colossians 3.23, I believe. And we saw, okay, no, it's not Colossians 3.23. Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, yes, thank you. So we saw that Jesus is the beginning and the end of all that we do. We are not gathering to see Pastor Jesse. We're not gathering to see Pastor Eva. We're not gathering just because of even the worship. We are gathering because of who? Jesus Christ. We are gathering because of Jesus. We are gathering because of Jesus. So Jesus is at the center of our worship. And we said that if we lift him up, just as he said, he will draw us unto himself. Hallelujah. So in this house, we lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the person of Jesus. Glory to God. Jesus is the center of our worship. But as we lift up Jesus, we must remember that we must pull down our idols. Hallelujah. The idols of comfort. The idols of greed. The idols of uh, 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 laziness. And what, who can remember what an idol is? You guys are doing that thing where I know these scopes. I'll just be saying it so that they'll think I'm brilliant too. You understand? Should I point? <laughs> so, Joanna, you said no. So, I feel like the Spirit of God was calling you. It was an idol. A noun is the name of it. What? <laughs> Anything that what? Takes the place of God. Amen. An idol is anything that takes the place of God. So it could be a relationship. It could be your children. It could be your work. It could be ministry. Amen? It could be what? Ministry. Ministry can take the place of God. I've seen where people have taken, have uh, have, uh, uh, focused too much on the work of God and forgotten um, the God of the work. So it's Jesus at the center. Now, our second pillar is what? People are our hearts, and the Lord delivered us greatly that Sunday. Hallelujah. We learned the art of forgiveness. Amen.
we learned that we must receive the forgiveness of God. We must forgive ourselves and also pre-forgive others. Amen? We said that for unforgiveness is like taking poison so that it's taking poison thinking the other person is going to die. So we must free ourselves from what? The bondage of unforgiveness. Amen. What was the third pillar? Seven leadership is our identity. If you think you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. And we saw that seven leadership is the best type of leadership model. Even the world recognizes it. And Jesus was the perfect servant leader. Hallelujah. He was the what? Perfect servant leader. And it is our duty to emulate that model of discipleship. Glory to God. Next, what is it? Passion drives us. Hallelujah. Passion drives us. Everything we do, we do with passion. Amen. We do passionately. We set ourselves on fire so we can set the world on fire. Amen. We set ourselves on fire so we can what? Set the world on fire. All we do, we do passionately. If you arrange chairs here, you arrange it passionately. If whatever you find yourself to do as a servant leader, you do passionately because you are serving God. And we learned that passion is contagious. Amen? So if you find yourself where your fire, the fire in your belly... For God, for the people of God, for the gospel is dying, is doused. I want you to stir yourself, hallelujah, in the Holy Spirit. Stir yourself so that you can re, uh, uh, revive the passion in you. Passion for the word of God. Hunger for prayer. Hunger for his presence. Hunger for service. Glory to God. What's the next pillar? Excellence is our standard. Hallelujah. Just like the Hebrew boys, we must have the spirit of excellence in all that we do. Because you're not doing it where whatever you find yourself to do, you're not doing it for that person. You're doing it what? As unto God, because God is the one that rewards us. Amen. We learned that for the child of God, our salaries are not even our reward. Our reward is from God. Because whatever you find to do, do what? With excellence. Do with the spirit of excellence. Amen. Then, next pillar. Generosity is our privilege or our lifestyle. We learned that the principle of giving in the New Testament is to give cheerfully, to give willingly, is to give without grudge. Generosity is our lifestyle. It is a privilege to give to the move of God. Amen. Amen. It is a privilege to give to the move of God. And we define generosity as giving more than is required. But the rule is to give from your heart. So before the Lord wants your offering, your tithes, and your financial generosity, God wants your heart. Amen. God wants our hearts before he even wants your money. Glory to God. And today we're going to be talking, um, we're closing it with a pillar that I believe is very important. Is honor is our culture. Honor is our what? Honor is our culture. Glory to God. Now, um, in, in our present day, there's this, you know, they call, um, I don't know if it's us, 
I mean, millennial, but thought they see the next generation, they call them the Sorosuke generation. They, you know, they, um, they are bold. They say their mind. They speak their mind, you know. They stand up to authority, you know. Um, they are going to save the world. Glory. <laughs> right? They are non-conformists. They don't fit into any mold. I'm like, why, why, are you, why are you guys laughing? It's true now. It's, it's what I see. But often I've seen that this move has come with a level of dishonor. And for some reason, this generation, our generation has conflated boldness for dishonor. So they think to be bold you have to, and by speaking your mind and by calling people out, that is boldness. But it's not. You can be boldly dishonorable. And yes, African culture places a premium on honor, especially certain tribes, right? Um, certain tribes you cannot greet without, you know, lying down. Amen. But African culture, we place a premium on honor right and our generation is saying for us to in quote dismantle um the system one of the things we must dismantle is honor because it is a fake thing we cannot still hold up to tradition you know different people different things now i want you to understand something honor for the child of god is not an african value Amen? It is not a Nigerian virtue. It is a spiritual and biblical value. Should I repeat that? Honor is not an African value or a Nigerian virtue. It is a spiritual and it is a biblical virtue. Are you listening to me? That all of us must honor one another. As patients read from Romans 12. 9-13. Paul says that we should outdo one another in honor. Some, 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 somehow it's like a competition. But okay, let's, what is honor in the Bible? This is the definition I came, with, came up with. Honor is to recognize, respect, reward, celebrate God's value on an individual. Is to what? Recognize. Is to respect. Is to reward, celebrate God's value, heaven's value on an individual, on, an, on a person. What is God's value on a person? The imago Dei. The image of God. That the person sitting beside you is not an ordinary person. That your colleagues are not ordinary people because they carry the image of God. They are made in the image of God. The person you hate is in the image of God. Your neighbors are made in the image of God. Therefore, we must accord and afford to them a level of honor. To what? Recognize, respect, reward, celebrate God's value on a person. Amen? God values us so much, he became one of us so that we can become one with him. Amen. 
So this thing of honor is for everyone. It's for every child of God. Yes, it's not a gift of the spirit, but it is a virtue and a value that you must imbibe in your life. Do you hear me? It is what? A virtue, it is a value that you must imbibe in your life. And by the way, I want you to understand something as we're going through these pillars that these are the values we want to see in our community. It's not just so that when we gather on Sundays, you can exhibit these virtues, these values. It is in your workplace, it is in your marriage. It is that wherever we find ourselves, Jesus is at the center. We love people. People are our hearts. We are generous. We, have, we are servant leaders. We do excellently well in all that we do. Passion drives us in church and in our secular work. Amen. And finally, honor is our culture. Honor is recognizing, respecting, rewarding, celebrating God's value on an individual. So the person beside you is not an ordinary person. In the world, the people that are giving honor are people that have a name, they've made a name in a particular field. Abi, they are giving honor and they are ascribed honor to, to, uh, uh, because of what they've done or who they are. Not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, the person beside you is honorable because they are made in the image of God. Amen. Can you just turn to two people and just tell them, welcome home, honorable. <laughs> Not chairman, honorable. Amen. So, please, this spirit of dishonor in the culture, we must not, it must not be found in us. This spirit of dishonor in the culture must not be found in us. Are you listening? Who are we to honor? We are to honor the person beside us. We are to honor everyone. Hallelujah. We are to honor everybody. Glory to God. Not just because they have a name. Not just because of their social status. Not because of their financial status. Not because of what they are in society. But because they carry the image of God. They carry the image of of God. Amen. But this spirit of dishonor is not a new thing. It's not a new thing. So we see something very interesting in um, Matthew, um, Matthew 13, 57 to 58. It says, and they took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, but the prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. 58, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith. So we go by this. Dishonor is a lack of faith. In my own personal life, I found many of my friends struggle to identify, is this Pastor Jesse? Or is this Nerot I grew up with? Do you understand? And I've never demanded anybody, do you understand? You must see me in my office. But my closest friends, without asking, all just shifted, I won't even lie, that felt a little bit uncomfortable. Do 
you understand? To hear my closest friends refer to me as their pastors. But it is a principle to understand that because you grew up with a person, right? Once a person enters an office, you honor, you honor what? That office. And this is not just a spiritual <laughs> principle. I dare anybody that grew up playing football with Buhari to go and chop knuckle with him while he was in office. Is it, is it, will it happen? Nay, he, if you don't want to answer, it won't happen. It won't happen. Before you're in DSS Street, bah. you don't dishonor a person just because of familiarity, because of their office. Now, Jesus grew up where? In Nazareth, in Galilee. Amen. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? <laughs> is this not the person we grew up with? Is not this person that his mother was claiming the Holy Spirit gave her? I don't say better, but sounds. I don't know if you get. We know this guy now. Ha. We know this guy. Is he not in? Um, he just grew up here. Ha. Now he's a prophet. Even his own brothers, even his own brothers did not believe him. Even his own brothers did not believe him. And Jesus could not do a miracle he could not do many mighty works because of their dishonor because of their lack of faith because of their unbelief so never disrespect or dishonor a person when you see the hand of god on that person amen amen, amen. because you will block yourself from the move of god there's a blessing attached to honor. There's a blessing attached to recognizing God and the hand of God on an individual. Amen. In his own hometown, he was without honor. In his own hometown, he was without honor. And remember, this is not just a spiritual principle. It is everywhere. Look at how, how is it that Nigerians often are more respected Rewarded, their, our talents are more recognized, respected, rewarded abroad than at home. I mean, from engineering to science to the creative industry. Am I lying, guys? It's when the world start applauding for certain people, then when I say, ah, I grew up with this guy in J-Town now. I'm in the borough, um, 20 bucks. There's this person that always claimed MIOCs. He used to borrow MI 20 naira. He used to, like, when, when, uh, when I was in school, everything. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know why I brought this up, but I'm just saying that it's until you blow, people recognize. Do you understand? That should not be us. So the spirit in, in, this, in, the, in, in the realm of the spirit, amen? Please, don't look at people with ordinary eyes. Look at the person beside you as someone that has the hand of God on them. Amen? Amen. Look at every individual as a person that has the hand of God. Now, Jesus, Jesus could not perform a miracle. I mean, he could not perform many miracles in his own hometown. Why? Because of the level of dishonor. Don't bar yourselves from the blessings of God. You hear what I said? Don't bar yourself from the blessings of God because of your this honor. 
Amen. The second group of people that we are to honor are actually the first commandment that has a promise. Ephesians 6, 2, it says, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And Paul was referring to Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the first commandment that God gives and he attaches a promise. Honor to our parents leads to long life. Now, many of us may say, Pastor Jesse, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. Then they wipe me or I'm cord. Like, yes. There's a way to navigate abuse. Amen? But all relationship with our parents, all relations, all, all, all our interactions with our parents must start from the place of honor. And remember, honor is what? Recognizing, respecting, rewarding, celebrating God's value on an individual. So often our parents may act in a way that is not of God. Amen? So often, even parents will quote this when they are using it to threaten us. Abby, is it a lie? Then often we, some of you that have the mind will now respond, and, but the Bible says do not, do not provoke your children. <laughs> ah, God help us. Um, there was a time I thought my dad did something and I was, I was really upset. I spoke in a way um, I wasn't supposed to. And his brother came to visit me and was speaking to me. And he did not approve what my dad did, but he said, there is no reason to talk to your father the way you did. You're going to be a dad someday. That thing changed my life. Like, you're going to be a father someday. And I just saw that even my dad, who I revered and valued, and even with his frailties and his weakness, at the end of the day, he's a human being. And I, then, this is over 10 years ago, <laughs> he was prophesying I'll be a dad. And I am a dad now. She won't try that. To me, but <laughs> but do you get like we often think that we know better, they should have done better. As I grow and I just see the way our parents react or respond, they are acting based on their information, on the information they had at the time, on how they grew up. Many of our parents are dealing with traumas. You are just the victim of what they grew up with. And if we understand that as a child of God, we will have more grace towards them. There's a way some of you are looking at me. I will not look at some of you. Your eyes are laser piercing me. But I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You will be a parent someday. It's the truth. You'll be a parent someday. Have you seen where, I don't know how many of you have older siblings, and especially um, maybe women, you hear... Maybe a younger sister will say, you know, you're now looking like mom and you're sounding like mom. That's when she now has children and she's, like, she's the older sister is denying. She's denying and everybody, everything that you used to complain about your mom, you're now 
<laughs> doing to your own children. Now, honestly, I'm not trying to excuse anything, but I want us to understand that they behaved according to what they knew. Therefore, we must have grace over them. I dare you to start praying for your parents every night. And you'll just see the way the Lord will start shifting in their lives. I dare you. Regardless of how they respond to you. Because a promise is attached to it. Long life. Amen. Amen. So we honor Jesus. We honor our parents. We honor authority. Now, this is the one many gen um, Sorosuke generation now. Um, dealing with. Romans 13, 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have to be established by God. First Peter 2, 17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor honor the emperor honor the emperor honor the emperor glory to god amen hallelujah amen whatever you think of your leaders eh? the early church faced worst this is peter writing to Christians that have been exiled because of their faith. When last were you chased out of a place because of your belief in Jesus? Probably never for many of us. And Peter, in the midst of that, he's saying, honor the emperor. Emperor was Caesar. And what they were demanding of the Christians was that they say Caesar is Lord. They see Caesar as Lord. And Christianity in its early days, the Roman government started to see it as a cult because they refused to say Caesar is Lord. They said Christ is Lord. They said, how can they serve a dead king? And they started to exile them. The, the Christian's uh, um, attitude was so irritated because their attitude towards everyone, they honored everybody regardless of their social class. They honored slaves. They honored the rich. They honored the poor. Everybody, as long as they profess their belief in Jesus, they were honored. And the government of its day did not understand it. They started to uh, um, go against the Christians. They turned them to uh, um, sporting events for gladiators. Then we started to have the first martyrs in the church. And in the midst of this, Peter is saying, honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. This is a hard thing. Do you know, there's a perversive thing I hear now. I don't know how many of you have heard it, that Christianity is a weak religion. Christianity is a weak religion. I dare anybody that is saying Christianity is a weak religion to live like a Christian for one week. One week. And just do what the Bible is saying is doing. Love your neighbors. It's very easy. You can love people that look like you. But the Bible says love your enemies. How? As Christ has loved us. That's easy. It's not. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Because this work, <laughs> amen, it's not, our, it's not about our strength. 
Glory to God. So all authority, Romans makes a bold claim that anybody in authority has been put there and instituted by God. My goodness. We can talk about that sometime, but anybody in authority, God has put them there and we must honor them. Wow. Okay. So we honor Jesus. We honor our parents. We honor authority. Then we honor marriage. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Marriage should be honored by. Marriage should be honored by. Marriage should be honored by. Marriage should be honored by all. The institute of marriage is very important because it is the first ministry God made. Amen. Before, in quotes, the church was built, God created the home, the marriage. The marriage institution. Amen? God created a home before the church. So Adam and Eve, God created them so that they can become one to reflect the oneness in heaven. Amen? So marriage should be honored by all. I beg of you. This is a, it's a beautiful thing. Whenever we're counseling um, uh, um, people getting married, we do two things. We make them understand that marriage is actually a very beautiful journey. It's a beautiful thing. And I want, if possible, I want everybody to experience it. But yes, some of us have the grace of Paul. Ah, uh, who said amen? But it's true now. Some of us, not everybody. Some of us have dedicated ourselves to God. I'm not prophesying it to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> amen. So, Marriage should be honored by all. And, you know, we've been praying about marriage. This year alone, we've seen, what, four? You know, uh, and we're trusting the Lord for more. You see, um, you've not seen Apostle Balak since, since he got married. Have you noticed his smile, his haircut has changed, everything around him? If you're around him, just place your hand on him and receive the ministry. Of <laughs> okay, so marriage should be honored by all. Amen. Please, I beg of you, this is not something we should go in as if you're starting um, five aside. It's not something you should go in as if um, you're just saying, let's go and watch movies. This is a sacred ministry and institution, and it must be honored by all. Look at the way the author of Hebrews says that we honor marriage as well. He says what the marriage bed must be kept, what? Pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Once you get married, your body belongs to your spouse. Amen? Your mind also belongs to your spouse. The marriage bed must be kept pure. Glory to God. Okay, let's move on to the next set of people that we are asked to honor. Um, 1 Timothy 5.17 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work those work is preaching and teaching. Amen. Those who work towards preach and teach. The, um, Paul says that you should honor. In fact, he says you should give them a double honor. Amen. To be honest, I've not seen a full explanation of what double honor means. So 
the rule in the New Testament is to honor everyone. Abi? But Paul is saying, those who work to preach and teach are worthy of double honor. So maybe we'll come back to this. But I don't know what double honor means. But I think he's saying that they who labor in preaching and teaching, they who give themselves to the spiritual uh, um, nourishment of the local assembly should be considered worthy of double honor because they've given themselves, they've given their lives to what? The, uh, 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 um, to the leading of the people of God to Jesus. Amen. 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 So I don't, if we read the, this, some have interpreted this as just financial reward. But listen, no, please. Every um, person whose work is to give to the gospel, even Jesus said that they should earn from it. If they've made their lives to, uh, um, dedicated to uh, uh, um, the move of the gospel, to preaching and teaching the gospel, Jesus said they should earn from it. Amen. So, for some reason, also, Paul is saying that the elders, the teachers, the pastors who direct the affairs of the church are well worthy of double honor. I don't think this is just financial reward. Even though, yes, um, pastors should be, or people who labor in the gospel should also earn from it, right? But it is important that we also honor the people that lead us in our spiritual development. Glory to God. This, uh, um, we're going to have leaders and elders and pastors as we disciple many of you. Amen. Amen. And as we see many of us start to enter these roles, these offices, we must honor them. Amen. Amen. We must what? Honor them. Glory to God. Then the text that patients read from, Romans 12.10, says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Now, please, this, like I said, is a biblical role, is a spiritual virtue. It's not, it's not necessarily a spiritual gift, but it is you acting in the move of God. Glory to God. It is you acting in the move of God. It says, be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourself. So I want you to understand that Paul is writing to the Roman church. And in the Roman church, or in Rome, <laughs> the divide of the elite and the non-elite is very clear. Very clear. Very, very clear. So now that this religion is forming in the most powerful nation of the world at the time in rome paul is telling that whether you're rich or you're poor regardless of your social or financial status you should work, honor one another a translation say i'll do one another in showing honor glory to god so it's not this thing that boys do where they see everybody and call everybody chairman or boss that you know that nigerian thing you guys know what i'm talking about I don't know how many of you in university, maybe after a holiday, you cannot remember somebody's name. Person is just chairman. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, so please, now, um, I'm, I want us to place a premium on honor in our community. Amen. That the person beside you, 
you are to honor that person you are to recognize respect reward celebrate god's value on that person regardless of how they look regardless of their status amen everybody is somebody here amen everybody is what somebody here there are no celebrities in the house of god everybody must be celebrated amen amen Amen. so please i know often we've borrowed that thing and we've carried that culture of the world into the church where it's unless someone has done something and is someone and has a name then we honor them no everybody please everybody as they walk into this place i'm begging you we must recognize respect celebrate the god value on that person glory to god that is the culture i want to see in this house i want us to see people as god sees them amen i want you to see people as god sees them so the person sitting beside you is not an ordinary person the person sitting beside you is not an ordinary person um the the pharisees tried to trap jesus to ask if they should pay taxes right because if he had said they should pay taxes, they would say he's um, going against the law. If he had said they should not pay taxes, he would have fallen into the trap of disobeying the, the, the Levitical law of you know supporting a, a tyrannical nation. If he had said they should not pay, they will now say, oh, you're disobeying the authorities and they will hand him over to the authorities. Jesus brilliantly asked them for a coin. And he said what? Whose face is on it? It says Caesar. And his reply was what? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. There's an added sentence I believe Jesus was saying. You know, Jesus says some things sometimes he, without words. You just complete it in your head. He was saying the coin that has the face of Caesar should be given to Caesar. What he was saying without words was whose face is on you? Amen? Whose face is on you? The worth of that coin was because of the face of the person on it. At that time, it was Caesar's. Amen? But God, Jesus was saying, the face, uh, uh, the person, the worth of the person, of an individual, is because of God's image on them. Amen? Amen? Amen. So everybody, everybody, has the image of God. I loved that Jesus sat with both the rich and the poor, from prostitutes to tax collectors, from people like Mary Magdalene to Zacchaeus, because they all had the image of God. They all what? Had the image of God. Everybody he even tried to interact with, the Pharisees were so mad at him. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, she was ministry man. They said, Do you even know this woman, you will not even allow her to touch you. You know, um, he went to Zacchaeus' house and it was an issue. But every encounter that Jesus had with them, because he saw the value of God and them, their lives were radically changed. Amen. You know, there are people that have said that, some people have, um, we've been pastoring for the past five years, they say because somebody hugged them in church. It may seem like nothing to some of you, but for them, it's, it's signified that you see me i'm welcome here amen 
So in this house, we must outdo one another in recognizing, in respecting, and rewarding and celebrating every person. One of the things I've been begging you to not do is don't just be in a hurry to go home. Meet people. Honor them. Glory to God. Amen. And this is the culture I'm praying that the people of one city must have. The culture of honor. The culture of recognizing the value of God. The culture of respecting the value of God. The culture of celebrating the value of God and an individual. Regardless of who they are of what they've done. But just because they bear the Imago Dei. The worth of God, the image of God is the worth of God on them. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So I want you to say, I am a person of honor. I am a person of honor. I honor God. I honor Jesus. I honor my parents. I honor authority. I honor marriage. I honor my pastors and leaders. And I honor the people of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry, in Jesus' name. Amen. Devil tried to bring me down this weekend, but he's a liar. Um, amen. If you can hear, there's... Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, so one more time. Let's go through the pillars again. Jesus at the center. People are our heart. Seven leadership is our identity. Passion drives us. Excellence is our standard. Generosity is our lifestyle. And what? Honor is our culture. Honor is our culture. These are the things that I believe the Lord wants us to build the house of one city on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, as a reminder, we have from today 110 days to the launch of one city church glory to god can we celebrate that so for any new person here what we're doing is we announced the ministry of one movement on the first of january and they and we've been um cooking by the grace of god in prayer and in teaching and in study uh, uh, uh we've been in a place of travail waiting to birth this move of god that god has um honored and giving us as a privilege to lead. So one moment inspired by John 17. And um, one city church is inspired by John 17 and Zechariah 8, 21 to 23. It says, and the people of one city shall say, the people of one city shall say to another, let us go and seek the favor of God. Let us go and worship God. That is my prayer that we hear that the presence of God will be so tangible that we as one city, we will go and say, come and worship God. Amen. That's my prayer. That's my genuine prayer. So we have about three months, about three months, three months plus to the official launch of our church, which is on 1st October. But to launch One City Church, we are hosting one con, one conference. And the theme is from John 17, 18. It says, um, the theme is titled, No One Else Is Coming, but it's a conversation, a prayer Jesus was having, and he was saying, just as you sent me, so I have sent them. So there's no other Messiah coming. Hallelujah. It is Christ in us. He said, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So we have a calling on our lives. 
We have a calling. Everybody that is listening to the sound of my voice. God has sent and commissioned you. Amen. God has sent. He has commissioned you. He has ordained you to be his move here on earth. So I'm really looking forward to this conference. Um, all our speakers have been locked down. I'm really excited about it. And we are praying that we'll be able to just... Man, let me not... Let me, but I'm really... See, don't miss that conference. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Glory to God. Amen. So we are preparing. We've started preparing for it. Um, teams are planning. Um, we're planning and work is already moving. Now, I want to say that as you're praying for it, I also want you to give generously towards OneCon. Um, our budget as it now stands at what? 12 million naira. Glory to God. Amen. So I want you to prayerfully ask the Lord that you be a conduit and that you give willingly and cheerfully towards one conference. Amen. 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 Now, I want you to just pray over the house and I want you to pray over one city. You know, um, I want us to pray for wisdom because it's wisdom that builds a house. Amen. It's wisdom that builds a house. I want you to pray for the wisdom of God over us, over the pastors, over the leaders. I want you to pray that the wisdom of God will rest on us. That the wisdom of God will rest on us. Glory to God. That the wisdom of, us, of God will rest on us in the mighty name of Jesus. And just pray. Pray that as we birth this move of God, God will give us his spirit that Jesus will be at the center. He'll give us a heart for people to see everyone everywhere becoming one with him. Let us pray that we are servant leaders, that we never think that we are too big to serve. I want you to now pray that passion will drive you. Pray that the spirit of God will set us on fire. Revive our hearts, God, that we are, that we are not lukewarm for the things of God, that we are setting ourselves on fire so that we can set this city on fire. Come on, open your mouth one city and pray this prayer. I want you to pray for passion. Pray that the Lord will restore the passion of God. Passion for prayer. Passion for the study of the word of God. Passion for the things of God. Passion for his kingdom. Pray that the spirit of excellence will rest on you so that in all your dealings, in all that you do, that the Lord will be established in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray that the spirit of God will rest on you and the spirit of excellence will be recognized in you in our workplace in our businesses in our homes that we do our best because god has given us his best in the mighty name of jesus we pray that we are a generous people like the macedonian church that the church in acts 2 that we are a generous people that the lord as he blesses us we bless his local assembly as the lord blesses us we bless uh, uh, the move of the spirit as he blesses us we are channels and conduits of of generosity Come on, just pray for, just pray for the church, just pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. One city, can we celebrate Jesus?